Hello, welcome to March Madness Podcast. I'm Sharon Versup, and I'm going to be here for the next four weeks and having four episodes of talking about college women's basketball and how our um, hoop dreams have continued to grow exponentially in sold-out arenas. So this is really exciting time, uh, March Madness all over the country, and I will be bringing in some special guests um, from a lot of different conferences and it's going to be a lot of fun for their expertise to share, as well as matchups throughout the country. So let's get right into it right now. So we have the four number one seeds. With the four number one seeds this year, you have South Carolina in the Greenville region, 32-0. and 0. Dawn Staley has done an amazing job there. And they're going to continue to try to go undefeated and win yet another national championship. In the other Greenville region, number two, you have Indiana. Terry Morin has done a fantastic job with the Hoosiers this year, and this is their first number one seed ever in school history. Then you go out to the Seattle region three, Virginia Tech in the ACC. Kenny Brooks has done one heck of a job, um, and they have had amazing players come in there and have dominated the ACC, and it's their first time ever with a number one seed. And then Region 4, you have Stanford Cardinal with Tara Vanderveer, who is a legend in her own mind and a Hall of Famer. And so those no, those four number one seeds are going to be the key. So we'll see who can make any run at them. Well, my first guest on this podcast is uh, Brenda Freeze from Maryland. She's a household name. She's one of the best coaches in the country. Um, been colleagues of hers for many, many years, and um, she's just one of the best in the business. So I'm very honored to have an opportunity to speak with her first. Uh, Two-time National Coach of the Year, 16 top 15 recruiting classes, three Final Fours, 14 conference titles, 2006 National Championship. In the NCAA, she has over a 70% winning percentage. And um, 15th time, Maryland has earned a top four seed, which is extremely difficult uh, to, to be a part of. So Brenda's, uh, again, 21st year. And um, the best thing now is, you know, you get to host in the, when you're one of the top 16 seeds. And uh, she gets to be a number two seed in the Greenville region, um, gets to host that first and second round and gets to open with number 15, Holy Cross, on Friday. And um, so, Brenda, welcome. It's always great to see you, Sharon. Oh, it's better to see you, my friend. Absolutely. So so I guess my first question to you, we, you and I talked a little bit the other day, but talk about now the transfers. Like, you did an amazing job this year. I mean, to bring in seven transfers and the culture that you create. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, obviously the new age that we we know the transfer portal now is a real thing. And, you know, we were hit just as much as everybody else. Now, uh, when you talk about off season last year, uh, really between all the graduations and kids that went to the portal, we had to acclimate nine new players this year. So it was um, a lot, you know, a lot of players coming in. We had freshmen, we had transfers, we um, unfortunately, as we started rolling, we had two kids go out with ACL injuries that were was in our post play. So kind of had to reinvent ourselves and mm-hmm. uh, really, you know, changed our offense, went to a, a five out, really spread the floor because we were going to be more uh, just had great guard play. And, mm-hmm. you know, fortunately for us, the schedule that, that we faced was a, a really, really tough schedule, but the kids fought in and 
trusted and believed. And here we're sitting, you know, to start the the tournament and we're a two seed. So I, I think if anyone would have told me way back that uh, we were going to be hosting at a two seed, uh, absolutely, I would have taken it. But now, you know, we're hungry and we're searching for more. Oh, absolutely. And uh, I want to go deep in that tournament. And with the hosting, you know, way back in the day, we never hosted and now we get to host. Uh, do you like that format because your kids get to be at home or would you rather be traveling? Well, I think, you know, that's why you work so hard is that you want to be able to to be able to host, sleep in your own beds, have as a, a routine. I think you've seen when uh, teams, you know, go on the road. It's a lot difficult environment, especially when you're going against uh, fans that are rooting against you. Definitely doesn't guarantee you the the win. I mean, when you look at March Madness, I mean, these are 64 of the best teams in the country uh, that you're going to face. But absolutely, you work for that advantage to be able to host at home. No, that's great. And, you know, you have uh, obviously a lot of talent on your team, um, but the common name that comes up all the time is Diamond Miller. She's one of the top 15 players to watch in this tournament. Just talk about her growth uh, through the whole time she's been with you. It's a great story. And when you get to watch that process unfold of a four-year evolution of a player to you know, person, you know, Diamond came in as a freshman, there was a lot of talent in front of her. So, you know, she came mm -hmm. off the bench for us her freshman year and her sophomore year, she was named MVP of the Big Ten tournament and then set back last year in her journey with the, with a knee injury and then uh, rehabbed it back and now is, you know, the face of, of our program this season and really has put uh, the team on her back the, the, this year all season long. So rightfully so. I mean, her name's being mentioned anywhere in the, the top three of the the WNBA draft mm -hmm. and, and someone who has prepared herself for that moment when it becomes available in April. Well, and that takes a lot. I mean, you, you know, you're giving her a lot of credit, but you know, you've cultivated so many great WNBA players and what you've done. And, you know, like you said, kids just don't stay around for those four years. So just that growth and development is phenomenal and uh, kudos to, to everybody. And, you know, when we kind of look at the bracket, there's seven Big Ten teams that, you know, uh, got picked this year. And uh, talk a little bit about the Big Ten, because those top five teams, you know, obviously Michigan didn't get to host, but there was five that almost got to host. I would not want to face anyone in our conference <laughs> in this tournament, having gone through it and lived it. Um, I think what's so exciting this year about the teams, one, we a lot of teams have uh, have allowed the COVID year, just they have yeah. veteran uh, leaders back and, and fifth years, so they're, they're veteran-led. But I think on both ends of the floor, you're seeing teams that can score the basketball at a really high rate when you look at the number of points that each team is averaging in conference. And then defensively, just really solid defenses. Mm -hmm. uh, man, full court, zone, you have to be able to game plan. And I love the fact that so many teams this year are hosting. They, they've they earned that right. We beat each other up through the yep. entire season. Uh, I would love that, you know, as many teams can get to, to the final four and then we go beat each other up because we've right. been doing it all season long. <laughs> well, when you look at uh, your bracket in uh, Greenville region, um, one, obviously Illinois is the only one that's kind of in there and you wouldn't see them till a little bit later, but talk a little bit about, you know, how you prepare right now. You got Holy Cross and obviously <laughs> we only take one game at a time, um, but you get there and then, you know, Arizona, you know, Pac-12, West Virginia, you know, um, in the big 12. I mean, those are, those are, you know, that's a good bracket. And I see you've played some teams in that bracket, but what are your thoughts first with Holy Cross? 
Yeah, um, I mean, very well coached, uh, obviously coming off of their championship mm-hmm. and, you know, they they have a lot of weapons that, that can score the basketball. And, you know, you again, if you're one of the, the 64 teams in this tournament, you, you've earned that right uh, through the bulk of your season and, and the success that you've had. So, you know, a team that we're going to have to come out and, and be ready to play from from the tip. So, um, you know, that that's the, the most important thing. And I think in a tournament like this, I mean, I'm really fortunate to have a great staff. I mean, we, we've got so many assistant coaches. Everybody is kind of plugged in on different teams within that bracket. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you, either your head coach takes care and understands what's at hand, but then you also have proactively things that are going on behind the scenes so you can prepare your, your team to the best of its ability. And because you kind of have, you know, s- some transfers and a, a, a more experienced team, that preparation going into this week, you know, obviously is very, very important. Um, so, you know, do the play, do you have good players, obviously, that really lead and keep them, you know, focused off the court? I, I love this time of year because you can really see where their focus lies. And these are, have been some of our best practices. I mean, honestly, we're ready to play. I'm glad we're playing on Friday and not having to wait until oh, yeah. Saturday because uh, they're kind of chomping at the bit and you can see it. They're just their, their attention to detail. Uh, you know, you, you don't have to worry about, uh, you know, how hard they're cutting because they're cutting so hard. They want to <laughs> do it the right way. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you know, it's been, been fun to see, but they understand. I mean, you, you win, you advance, you lose, you go home. So, you know, that, that detail is, is really, really important. So what do you see in this bracket? I know you got to focus on yourself, but when you looked at your overall bracket, um, you know, what was your first thoughts? Uh, lucky us, Greenville. <laughs> so, uh, you know, but yeah. you know, I think the, the format is different. And for us, I mean, it, it's one game at a time. And obviously, yeah. um, if you get past uh, Holy Cross, you know, Arizona and West Virginia, two programs that have had a lot of success and, Arizona just a couple of years ago back playing in the final four. So, you know, when you get a, a Pac-12 and a Big 12 team, yeah. I mean, like I said, everybody can can play. But, you know, fortunately for us, I mean, if, if seeds go to, to any kind of way, we've played Notre Dame. We mm-hmm. played South Carolina early in the year. So there, there's teams out there that if we come across and we're fortunate enough to be able to advance, that um, there's some common things where, you know, it's an easier scout because you, you've already played them and you know the personnel. So I think that's super helpful this time of year in, mm-hmm. in terms of that you're not having to feel each other out because you already kind of know what to expect in, in the style of play. Absolutely. So you guys finished on a really strong note to get that number two seed. I mean, you guys were really playing great basketball. And, you know, like you said, did you expect it? No. Would you take it? Absolutely. Um, (laughs) But, you know, to be able to host and have that high seed, I just, you know, again, you've done just such an amazing job being able to host and, and, um, you know, and being able to get out there and play and uh, just watching your team the last eight to 10 games, they're just hungry. They adapt. They can, you know, play great defense. They got length. They've, you know, um, uh, I love me some Abby. I love me some Abby. Yeah. <laughs> so do we. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, I wouldn't want to play against her, but I, you know, you got great pieces, but man, she's just, um, she's just tough, cold, bloody, she just nails 
three. So, um, you know, th that just excites me when I watch you all, you know, because I've obviously played, you know, gone against you and all of that. But um, I just think, you know, besides Cheyenne and she brings certain things, but Abby's my girl. Yeah. Yeah. She uh, brings, you know, it's a fifth year when you talk about mm. the, the COVID years and mm -hmm. having that, that additional year has been, been huge. And I, I, I mean, I'm not going to shy away when I looked at our February and big 10 play and we were at, you know, Iowa at home, uh, Iowa on the road, and then they come back, Ohio mm -hmm. state doubles. Uh, it, it was uh, the last five games. I, I couldn't even imagine. And just to see what we were able to do and we won like, 11 of our 12 kind of going into that big oh, 10 yeah. tournament. It was, um, you know, just, uh, you know, an incredible role and one we want to continue to keep going with. Yeah. So, cause you're in the South Carolina bracket, what are your thoughts on South Carolina? <laughs> uh, well, no one has found a way to beat them. Yeah. So yeah. they're, uh, you know, obviously huge, great size, you know, every single position, uh, you know, they can defend. Obviously, the rebounding piece is a, a massive piece. Uh, just they're able to to go get it. So, you know, um, but, you know, I like the fact that UCLA played them in a really, really close game mm -hmm. earlier in the season. So, you know, if that mm -hmm. matchup presents itself. But, you know, I've been in it long enough that, uh, you know, you, you've got your bracket, you've got to have things break a certain way and you, you've got to play the right way. And so, you yeah. know, for us, we're just focused on us and what has allowed us to be successful this season and just continue to put our players in the best positions to be successful with the scout. And then we'll go from there. I mean, if you would have told me we were going to beat Iowa by over 30 points this year on our <laughs> home court, I, I wouldn't have believed it. And, yeah. and then we went out and did it. So, you know, just, uh, you gotta, that, that's why you play the most important 40 minutes and you tip it up and see what happens. Absolutely. Well, let's go to the Greenville uh, region too, where IU got the number one seed. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, I I, I love that that bracket for them. Um, again, you know, I think uh, when when you look at you know who's in their bracket, I mean, obviously Washington State right now is really really hot. You know, coming yes. coming off of their Pac-12 championship, I got to see a lot of that. Um, you know, when when they played in there, the dangerous team, Florida Gulf Coast always oh, is. Yeah. The, um, their eight, nine game again, when you got a big 12 and an ACC opponent, you have to, um, be prepared, ready to play Villanova's red hot. <laughs> so mm -hmm. no, uh, I know you have to be able to <laughs> stop Seagrass. So, um, then, and their team and the way they can score the basketball. And then, you know, you're two and three seeds. You've got Utah, LSU, um, NC state and Princeton. I mean, that's uh, again, like I've said, when you, you know, sometimes you play that game. Oh, what if I was over here? I mean, yeah. everybody's tough. <laughs> this time yeah. of year. And, yeah. And uh, it's hard to but, get in. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. I mean, I, I really like, you know, and, and again, there's a bias being in the big 10, but Indiana, their experience, when you talk a fifth year with Grace Berger and yeah. uh, what Holmes has been able, she's had an all American year herself. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, you know, Utah is having a special year as well. So, you know, just I, I think two teams that are going to be really motivated, not making it to the finals uh, of their tournament. So right. you've got some some motivation there as well. But again, taking it one game at a time and, and being able to advance. Mm -hmm. And so what do you think with Michigan being in there? Obviously, they're, you know, got UNLV, which is, you know, like you said, everybody's playing great basketball right now. But, you know, with Michigan, um, I, I wasn't sure how good they would be this year coming off of last year, but yeah. you know, they did some, you know, they, 
they really improved in different areas. And I know they had an injury, um, you know, briefly with some kids, but um, Leah Brown, something, huh? <laughs> she really is. <laughs> and I, again, I think a team that most people thought maybe, you know, wouldn't have had the success that, mm -hmm. that they've had uh, this past season. And they, they were, you know, kind of scraping by a little bit when uh, Layla Felia went, went down and uh, yeah. she's now back into the fold. And I think having these last couple weeks after, the, the big 10 tournament to really get healthy. So they're a dangerous team. Yeah. And um, obviously UNLV, what, what they're able to do too. So great matchups, but I, I think, uh, you know, Michigan now finally being healthy and, you know, Leah Brown has been a tremendous leader for them all season long and is scoring the basketball at a really high rate. Uh, you know, again, I can see them, you know, moving through the tournament and, and being very successful. Did you happen to watch the LSU South Carolina game? I did not. You did not. You're probably playing. So, you know, they're yes. both undefeated and all of that. So, you know, LSU obviously uh, has some high powered players. So, you know, if, if they both can advance, it'll be interesting because they play two different styles, just like anything. And that's why I love March Madness because everybody plays a different style and you're not used to, playing like the same teams in your conference and beating each other up two or three times <laughs> each day. Oh, so. it really is. We, we were having a staff meeting today and obviously we know what our weaknesses are. We're not going to share those, but right. uh, you, you kind of go through your, your bracket and you're like, does this team play this way? Does this team? And, and you're trying to kind of get, get a sense of what those other teams style of play is because you know, uh, where your strengths and weaknesses lie. So it, it's a fun little game and, and really to be able to kind of see how far your team has come in, in March. Absolutely. So Brenda, do you kind of look at things um, like the first four minutes are so important? Do you chop things down like that? Or are you just mainly just everybody's kind of getting in the flow in that first quarter? Or what are kind of your goals or expectations for your young women? Yeah, you know, I've, I've changed out of that. You know, when we used to be halves, I, I would break down kind of those 20 minutes in, into four minutes. But now because we're, we're quarters, uh, you know, it's really, you know, wanting to kind of get out to, to you know, a, a quick start. I, I think mm -hmm. those are, are important when uh, you're on the road, when you're at home, setting, setting the tone. So that, that's a priority for us and really setting the tone with our defense because, you know, a lot of things can can happen where your shot's not falling on the offensive end, but really setting the the tone defensively that you're ready to go from the tip. Mm -hmm. So with you hosting, have you been able to, you know, get some selling some good tickets and getting a good atmosphere for you? Yeah, you know, our, our fans always do really well. And, you know, we just got the, the game times today. So I oh, know great. there's a, a heavy, heavy push uh, with us playing on Friday at 2.30. So uh, you know, there's a, a quick, quick turnaround, quick push. Oh, yeah. uh, I know uh, our fans are thrilled to be be able to host, and yeah. you know, if we're fortunate enough to to play two games and and win, you get to go to Greenville, and that's a, a location you can get to. But just understanding, you know, I've been on many sides of it, and when we've hosted and and won and advanced, and and other times <laughs> you haven't. So. Um, there's no guarantees. You got to be the best team for, for that 40 minutes to, to be able to continue on. Well, I wish you the best of luck. It's so great to see you. Um, you're one of the best out there and, uh, go have some fun and, uh, one game at a time, but we're going to, we'll, we'll get you there. So I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. Always great to, to be able to see you and spend some time with you.
No, that's great. Well, we'll be back here in a, a few minutes. Uh, I want to thank Brenda Freeze once again, and um, we'll be back here in a second. I'm very excited for our second guest for tonight, and that is Jim Flannery from Creighton from the Big East Conference. And uh, Jim has done a, such an amazing job. His 21st year at Creighton, over 400 wins, 17th posted uh, season bid, sixth trip to the NCAA. Um, you know, and, and what Jim has done has been absolutely amazing. And we're going to talk about his run from last year as well. But this year, 22 and 8, 15 and 5 in the Big East, number six seed in Greenville region, highest seed in school history. Opening round will be Friday in South Bend versus Illinois, Mississippi State winner, finished third in the Big East. Uh, so welcome to the program, Jim. Hey, great to be on, Sharon. This is, if you're a coach, this is a dream week to to be in this position. So it's, it's, uh, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. No, I mean, March Madness is nothing like it. Um, you know, when I see people win championships and are playing, you know, obviously you want, once a coach, always a coach, I'm coaching again, <laughs> but a little bit different, but it's still, there, there's nothing like it. And you and I talked a little bit about, um, you know, the COVID year and your amazing run last year, lead eight, um, you know, beating Colorado, number eight, Iowa, number 10, Iowa State, your team was young. Like, talk a little bit about that and, you know, now kicking into this season. Sure. Well, I think, you know, you talked about the COVID year, and I think the COVID year was was really good for us uh, from the standpoint that we had a really good group of freshmen. And just because of the nature of that year, the injuries and the, the COVID issues, those freshmen in that year got to play a lot. They had a lot on their plate. Uh, and, and as everybody who was in any walk of life knows, there was a lot of adversity, and one step forward, two steps back. And, and I just felt like they really, that, that group of, of now third year players really grew up as freshmen and we were not very good early. Um, part of it is we had injuries on top of COVID issues and, and, uh, but they, they, they hung in there and we actually made the NIT um that year before and and played pretty well down the stretch we almost made the finals of our conference tournament we we lost a close game to marquette in the semis and i just think it was a kind of a springboard toward last year and and uh you know when that group was a sophomore was a sophomore class and um you know so even though we didn't get you know the 30 some games that you get in a normal mm -hmm. season and 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 
the regularity of a, of a real season. I just felt like we grew up a little bit more. And then last year, I think we were just, you know, once we got into the NCAA tournament, I think we were just naive enough to not feel too much pressure, which I think is huge in, in the postseason. I think, you know, I think athletics is so much about putting a little bit of pressure on yourself to, to achieve and, and, and get into the details and, Mm -hmm. and, and that, but also not putting so much pressure on yourself that you can't just go out and play. And I think that's, there's a, there's a fine balance between that. And um, I think last year's team really played kind of with a joy of, of, of not overthinking things. And Mm -hmm. so I think that was part of our success. And then we won close games. I mean, you know, the Colorado game ended up 10, but it was, it, it really was a close game with a minute and a half to go. And Iowa, we, we hung, hung in there and hit a three late and then, yeah. and then watched, you know, their, their post player who shoots 70% miss a, miss a pretty makeable shot. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> and the same thing with Iowa state, we, we, we played from behind the first half of that game and, 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 but, but our confidence showed and, um, so it really was a it really was a magical run, and and I know we had a good team, but I don't think we I I tell people I thought we were maybe a half a year away because mm-hmm. of how young we were. I didn't know if we were quite ready for that, but I think looking back, I think our our youth probably helped us because I don't feel like we put a lot of pressure on ourselves and we played with a a freedom and a joy that that sometimes matters a lot in a tournament setting. So, you know, a lot of people might not know your style. So what is your style? Shooting the three guards? Kind of explain that to, to people. Yeah, we're we're a pre, we shoot a lot of threes uh, and we we work on ball handling across our roster. So I think we're we're cut. We kind of play positionless basketball, which I think mm-hmm. makes us difficult to prepare for sometimes in, on short notice, uh, which is another factor in the tournament. Uh, you know, I think what I would say is the hardest two positions for us to have recruited, you know, in my tenure at Creighton going from the Missouri Valley, even into the big East is it's hard to get an elite point guard and it's hard to get that elite true five player. Yeah. And so we've kind of just recruited in betweens. We've recruited undersized posts, you know, six, one kids who are skilled um, and then more combo guards, maybe than, than point guards, just people who can shoot it. And then, and then we work on, ball handling and passing across the roster. So an interesting fact about our team last year is we did not have one player with a negative assist to turnover ratio, which is super rare. Usually you look at those, those two or three post players who play and they all have, you know, one and a half to two and a half or three times as many turnovers Mm -hmm. as assists. And, Last year's team, we had. Now we had two kids that were even. We had <laughs> two kids that had the exact same number of post players who had the exact same number of turnovers and assists. But that's pretty rare, and I think it yeah. goes to the fact that we we expect our our post players to have guard skills, and uh, I think that's kind of what can make us unique. In in addition to you know making making threes, but you know I said if you you can be a good passing team, but if you don't make shots, it doesn't yeah. show up in your assist numbers. So I think uh, our kids spend a lot of time in the gym and, and, and because they can shoot it, uh, we, we, we try to reinforce the idea that we need to be a good passing team on top of that or, yeah, or it doesn't translate into games. 
Absolutely. Well, you know, I coached a long time and I can't say my assist to turnover ratio was ever that good. So <laughs> as in our, all of our teams. So that's why you're doing as well as you are. So, so let's go to the Greenville region where you're, you're, you are right now. Yep. And, yep. you know, I mean, number six seed, um, unbelievable, but like, how is this now different for you? Like um, now you have to prepare for Illinois or Mississippi state and you, you know, you're always trying to figure out what's the, right. You know, usually you just know who you play. So now that we're at 68 teams, which is the second year that we've done this. And so mm -hmm. now um, it represents a different issue. Not it's a bad problem, but how do you prepare compared to years before? Yeah, it's 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 very different, Sharon, because you're you know, we, we finished practice today and, uh, you know, we just tried to find some commonalities between Illinois and Mississippi State. Mm hmm. They've both played a reasonable amount of zone, and we haven't seen a lot of zone um, recently. You know, in the last few weeks, so we, our uh, our male practice yeah. team, played us some zone today to get us back into the, you know, some of the things that you need to look at when you when you play against zones, and then and then we tried to just find, you know, two or three common things that they that they do. You know, what are what's one kind of common post-up play that they run and what's, you know, what do they do from a, from a dribble stamp, you know, how are they attacking the basket off the dribble? Um, so we did, we did a few things offensively where it's, you know, it's kind of Mississippi state. It's kind of Illinois. Sure. Yep. <laughs> um, just, just to give our kids that, that look, because, you know, once we get to South Bend, we don't, we won't have our, uh, we won't have our male practice team and we'll we'll be a little bit more into us but but we also worked on just our motion offense which I think you know we I think the thing that that every coach looks forward to in the NCAA tournament is not playing a team three times that third time you mm -hmm. know when you get to your conference tournament and you're like oh geez they've seen us twice we've seen them twice and you know offensively it's just hard to hard to trick people as much you know when you get to your conference tournament or even late into your season where you're in February and they've, you know, they've watched you so many times. So I think that's, you know, we got to be who we are on offense. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, those, those practices where you get to work a little bit more on yourself than, Hey, it's just about prepping for either Illinois or, mm -hmm. or Mississippi state. So I think it was good, but again, you know, the control freak in the coach wants, yep. <laughs> wants more information and, and we want to just, yeah. you know, spoon feed it to our players. And we really are not in a position to do that. So, right. Will you be able to be the there? Deal. Yeah. Will you be able to be there in person to watch that game? Yeah, we will. We'll get that. We'll get in there just a little bit before they're playing at okay. seven o'clock. Yeah. Wednesday okay. night. We'll get there just a little bit before that. So there's, you know, there's an, a, a small advantage in doing that. I feel yeah. like to, to watch somebody live is a little bit different and a mm -hmm. little bit better than than to watch them on a screen. So I think that's the that's the good side. And and uh, you know, I think I, when I was talking to you, I, I said, you know, last year we played when we played in Iowa City. We play and we played um, we played Colorado in the first game. Right, and then Iowa played Illinois State in the second game, and I really think it benefited our players to be in Carver Hawkeye Arena yes. during that Iowa Illinois State game and to see, not see, but hear how yeah. loud it was. Yeah, I think that really helped us two days later when we played Iowa because I felt like we, even as a coach, I I 
I said to myself, okay, well, how am I going to communicate? It's going to be a little different. It's going to be a little harder. I'm going to have to be a little bit more, you know, quick to get us into something if we want to get into something yeah. or, you know, um, and so I, th I thought it was really helpful that our players were in the building for that. And, and I think yeah. it'll, you know, just being in that environment won't, won't hurt our players either on uh, Wednesday night to see yeah, the, no. and capture some of that emotion. Great. Well, let's go to the Seattle three region um, and talk about that. Um, you know, Virginia tech, the first time that they've been a number one seed, which has been unbelievable. But, you know, as you go through here, um, obviously you've, you know, the UConn, uh, being in the yep. big East, you played Iowa state last year. So yep. kind of you, when you saw that region, discuss that uh, a little bit, what your thoughts are the top and the bottom. Sure. Well, I mean, I'll start with UConn cause you started there and I, look, they scuffled a little in February. I mean, yeah. we played them, we played them in mid February and we led by 11 in the fourth quarter at their place. And, and they made some tough plays, came back and we lost by two, but they lost, you know, a couple of conference games to St. John's and Marquette and played some other teams close that you wouldn't have expected. But then watching them in our conference tournament, yeah, I, I was able to watch their their Marquette game right before we played Villanova in the other semifinal. And boy, they look good. I said, mm -hmm. uh, I'm watching them thinking that, that that this is a team that's final four good if they if they progress and getting both AZ Fudd and and Caroline Ducharme back, I think in you know, if they get through the first weekend and 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 to have those yeah. players in the in their rotation for another week to two, they're going to be really they're going to be a really difficult out. Okay. Um, How know, about St. John's? Oh, Even St. John's. Yeah, St. John's is is in the region and uh, you know against a, a battle tested Purdue team. Um, I think that's you know, and, and North Carolina was projected you know, much while well, they were projected slightly higher. And, and mm -hmm. I know we were in the, we were in the regional last year with North Carolina and South Carolina played in the sweet 16 before we played Iowa state in this, in the second sweet 16 game. So I watched North Carolina live play South Carolina an eight or nine point game. Yeah. Uh, so I know there, and I know they had some injuries in February and I think they're healthy now. Ohio State can really score the ball with with uh, J.C. Sheldon back. I think that's mm -hmm. a team that's that's super dangerous. I think they kind of ran out of gas that that last day against Iowa. Mm -hmm. um, and then, of course, South Dakota State we're familiar with. We we were fortunate to win at their place this year. That was our opener this year. I'm not Shoot. a very smart head coach. That's tough. No, the Jack Rabbits, man. Bookings, um, especially <laughs> on opening night, and we – you know, that game came, came down to the last – we made some plays down the stretch and, and found a way to to sneak that one out. So they're, 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 they'll be a tough out because, mm -hmm. um, you know, A.J. does a great job there. And, um, you know, and, and Virginia Tech, I know it's the highest seed they've ever been. Kitley is a is a beast in the post. Yeah. You know, and, and they've they've put some shooters around her. I think they're, they're one of the hottest teams in the country with 11 in a row. And, mm -hmm. and not only that, but I've – from what I've seen, they they played a really tough schedule down the stretch. So it wasn't even just their conference tournament, but they played a lot of they played really good basketball at the end. And um, as you said, Iowa State is a five, Tennessee is a four. That could be a great second round matchup. I mean, yeah. you've got you know Tennessee. Uh, you know, we played the uh, we played Stanford right before Christmas, and Tennessee had just played them, so they were actually staying an extra day. 
Um, gotcha. At that time, I think Tennessee was seven and six or, you know, they've lost a lot of the marquee non-conference yeah. games that they played, but I know that they were battle tested. They played a really hard non-con schedule and they lost a lot of close games. And, but then you see how that translated into the SEC where they, yeah, you know, I think only lost three regular season games and then beat LSU in the conference tournament. So yeah, no, that's battle. And then, you know, you know, Bill Fenley's going to have Iowa State oh, yeah. ready. I mean, they just won the Big 12 Big tournament, 12. Mm-hmm. um, beat Texas in the finals. So they're yeah. playing really well. Yeah. Um, that's yeah a, I mean, that's all the brackets are tough. And you brought, you talked about Stanford. So we'll go to the Seattle one. Yeah. Seattle four with Stanford being the number one there. And yeah. then you got your Iowa Hawkeyes, number two. And, you yeah. know, again, you played Colorado. You, you, you know, you've we played, played your yeah, family. played Colorado last year in the first yeah. round. Really good defensive team. I mean, really, really physical, really grinded out type of team. I'm, I, I think Jr. did a great job this year because they lost some really good kids. To, for, mm-hmm. So for them to, they finished third in the Pac-12 regular season. Just, so to be, to be that good, and I think they were picked eighth. Uh, to yeah. be that good is a, is a testament to how gritty and defensive minded they are. They've got a really good point guard, Jalen Sherrod. Got good size. Um, uh, you mentioned Iowa. I mean, mm-hmm. Caitlin Clark's cousin Audrey Faber played for us, so we oh, wow. I've known Caitlin for a okay. long time. She's fun to watch. She's to me, she's must see TV. She's the <clears throat> Steph Curry yes. of of women's college <laughs> basketball. And, yeah, she is. And uh, you know that's interesting. Katie Abrahamson uh, at Georgia is mm-hmm. is an Iowa native, so she'll be going back to her backyard to play. Um, yeah, it's a tough. Yeah. It's a tough one too. I mean, Drake. We played Drake earlier uh, in December. Uh, Allison Pullman has done a really good job picking up where you know Jenny Bronschick left there yeah. a couple of years ago, went to Oklahoma. Allison's. They haven't missed a beat. They're really tough to guard. They play. They play really fast, and and they're one of the best passing teams in the country year in year out. Yeah, that's a tough draw for Louisville. I feel like that yeah. would be a really good compelling first round game. Um, and then, as you said, we played Stanford early, yeah. not early, like right before Christmas mm-hmm. um, and just their size. I mean, and, and, and maybe we overplayed it because I, I had our kids maybe too scared of Cameron Brink, but she's such a rim protector. <laughs> I said, you're going to have yeah. to shot fake. You're going to have to shot fake. Yeah. And, and we would get in the paint. We would, we'd shot fake, but then we'd pass it out every time. Yeah. So absolutely. Her size is, and just Haley Jones is just a, she just plays at the right pace. I feel like that those two have such great experience Yeah, uh, that they're going to be, you know, and they're battle tested. The PAC 12 was really good top really to bottom good. this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and all their losses were close. So, yeah, um, another, that's going to be a battle. It is going to we'll be, see. A we'll see who gets some major upsets, but, uh, yeah. I can't thank you enough. Um, I wish you the best of luck. Uh, I know you're going to do great. You're one of the best out there. So just appreciate you and have fun this week with your kids. And, um, um, just thank you again. I, thank you, Sharon. I mean, I told our players, I mean, there's nothing like the feeling of standing on the sideline right before that first NCAA tournament game. So I'm, I mean, I'm excited for it, but, and I'm way older than 18 to 20. So I can't (laughs) imagine how excited they are. No, wonderful. Well, thank you very much. And we'll be coming back here in a short break.
has one man to beat. Yeah, hard to stop that train moving. And Stant with another kill. Welcome back, and uh, just hopefully you enjoyed these two guests. Uh, March Madness is around the corner. This is the best weekend and the best week all over the country uh, for women's basketball and men's basketball. Um, you know, so when you look at the rundown of different, you know, the whole bracket, you talk about Cinderella's, and it's hard to pick a Cinderella because Virginia Tech's really hot right now, but they're a number one seed. You have Iowa, who's number two. You have IU, that's a number one seed. Will they get there? Um, so you're wondering who may be that dark horse or that Cinderella team. And at this point, it's, you know, you, I'm going to pick Utah, maybe that Cinderella team. Um, so we'll see what happens there. The players to watch, there's so many different players. Um, you know, Ashley Jones from Iowa State, Diamond Miller from Maryland, Taylor, Taylor Mikesell from Ohio State, Taylor Soul from Virginia Tech. Um, you know, obviously Stanford has players, UConn, South Carolina, but some that really can make some noise. So those are some individuals that um, I feel that will make an impact. And, you know, who will win it all? Until somebody can beat South Carolina, they're the team to beat. And on both sides of the ball, they are so physical and can play such great defense and they can score um, outside, inside, slashing to the basket. So the South Carolina is definitely a team to beat. And a little bit about me, I, you know, I'm now at USCB, which is University of South Carolina in Buford. I was a former Purdue coach, winning as coach um, there, and uh, just great to be back, giving back to the game. Uh, so we're going to be looking for our next episodes, March 21st. Uh, we'll be having a few guests, hopefully from the Big 12 and um, uh, mid-major schools. So keep you posted, but uh, looking forward to it. And uh Make sure you're watching. Uh, let's go March Madness. Thank you.